to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lesson Podcast. How are you today, Sherry? I'm doing great. I'm so sleepy. And my voice is scratchy. Well, I was going to say, I'm so sleepy. I just woke up like an hour and a half ago because I worked last night. And you, yeah, you sound like you had a fun weekend. Yeah, I went to Nashville on Thursday with my college friends. There were a total of really eight of us, I guess, counting husbands and all the girls. Only two of them brought their husbands. The rest of us were husbandless. Hey, I wonder, because you sent a picture to me and there were some guys in the picture. And I was like, did they meet up with people they knew from school or did some husbands no, go? That, yeah, we did see people we knew from school. There were a few people there. It was for the Wake Forest Vanderbilt football game. They played on Saturday. And oh my Lord have mercy, I'm too old for Nashville. <laughs> if you go to like Broadway, which is where all the bars are, I mean, it's so much fun. We went Thursday. No, we didn't go Thursday. We flew in on Thursday. We had a really nice, calm dinner. It was super nice and quiet. And then Friday is when we went to Broadway during the day. It was not bad at all. And then Saturday, after the football game, we went back down there. And as the night went on, oh, my Lord, have mercy. And it was so loud everywhere, so I had to talk really loud. And that's why my voice is scratchy. But my college roommate, her daughter, who just graduated from University of Alabama and is now in graduate school, she's going to be a teacher. And she was up there visiting her good friend, who's a nurse in Nashville. And so they came out with us. They're like 22, 23. So they like didn't even get out until like 1130. And I hadn't seen this little girl. I'm like, she um, and Will were like almost the same age because we, Melissa and I had our first kids together at the same time. Melissa's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, she's my college roommate. I'm like, well, I guess I'll get pregnant. And then bam, four months later, there I was, I was pregnant. So we had our, had our kids four months apart. And then um, when it was time to have our second children, Melissa said, I think I'm going to have another one. I'm like, all right, me too. So bam, I got pregnant first month trying, took her a year. So Will and Meredith are a year apart, but they grew up, you know, all these kids grew up knowing each other. I hadn't seen Meredith since she was in middle school. because That was when the, the last time that we took a, a trip to their house. When the, the kids got too old, they're like, no. They got a little shy. So we never did make the trip happen again. I, I've continued to see, of course, Melissa, but not the kids. But it was so great to see her. She's all grown up. And like I said, she's you know done her student teaching. She's going to graduate school to be a teacher. And um, it was so much fun. But they got there so late that we like stayed till the bar closed at 3. And you know, I know me. when I texted you and like, I don't even know what time it was, almost one o'clock in it was the like morning. like 1.30. Yes. And I thought, Jen's asleep. I'm going to send her text. She'll see it when she wakes up. And then you texted me back and I was like, what are you doing? Jen does not stay up that late. It was crazy. 
And this is Nashville time. So it was really four. And so, and then I still can't sleep. So the next day I like woke up at like 6.30. I mean, I just can't sleep in. I can't. Once I'm awake, I'm awake. So last night I slept, but I'm still just so tired. Last night I got a good night's sleep when I got home. You flew out Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Well, this is also where our good news segment comes in. Sherry doesn't even know what it is. Nope. We had some of the best customer service we've ever had in our lives. It's kind of a really, it's a funny story. Our friend who was our sorority sister and her husband were staying in the hotel across the street from ours. We weren't even staying there. But we're like, let's go over there and meet up with them to walk to the game together because we had our tickets and we went up there to their room and it was raining. So we decided that she and her husband and then Melissa's husband would all go to the football game and we would sit down in the lobby of this hotel and watch the football game until it stopped raining. And then we would go visit them. The game started at 11. It was supposed to stop raining by 1. So we're like, oh, no problem. We'll go around halftime. We'll be able to see the rest of the game. So we're sitting in the lobby. Now, keep in mind, we're not even staying at this hotel. It's not our hotel. But somebody was staying at that hotel. Well, our friend was staying there, yeah. But we're sitting there, and there was a guy who was working there. And I'm like, can you help me figure out this TV? We want What channel do we need to put it on to watch the Wake Forest Vanderbilt game? And he's like, I don't really know. So he couldn't help with that. But then he was still over there, and Melissa said, hey, why is there no bar in this hotel? We would like to order order drinks. And we were at the Homewood Suites in Nashville, Vanderbilt. He's like, sorry, we, we don't have one. We just have the breakfast. And he's like, I'm going to get the general manager. And you can tell him about that. So we're like, okay. So he brought the manager over. And she's like, hey, how come there's no bar in this hotel? You know, we'd like to watch the football game and not have to go somewhere else. He's like, well, you could go somewhere else. And we're like, are you telling us to go somewhere else? <laughs> leave your place and go somewhere else. Whereas you could accommodate us if you just had a bar. Anyway, so we were like, ha, 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 no big deal. So we're sitting there and like 10 minutes later, the guy, the first guy, not the manager, the other guy showed up with the manager and a tray, two bottles of champagne. I guess they had them in the back for like when they have, maybe somebody can order a special Valentine's room service or something. And so they had two bottles of champagne, champagne glasses for, there were five of us girls and there was orange juice so we could make mimosas. Just free. Totally free. And the guy, his name, I told him I would say it on the podcast, his name was Ron Sandifer. He's been like employee of the year for his location for like year after year. Well, it gets even better because we're sitting there and we had been to Mellow Mushroom the night before and we had all this pizza left over and it was in our hotel up in our refrigerator. And I'm like, let's run over there and grab the leftover pizza and come back and eat it because we're going to have like snacks now, right? So I'm trying to leave and and Ron comes over. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, um, nowhere. Because remember, they don't know we're not staying at this hotel. And they never asked. And we didn't like not tell them, you know, they were just sitting there watching the game. And he's like, no, I've ordered wings. Wings are coming. We're like, what? Because we had tipped him a little bit to say thank you. So he took the money we tipped him, ordered wings from Papa John's with the money we tipped him. Ordered us wings. So we would have snacks to go with our mimosas. Then we tipped him again. But, I mean, he wasn't doing it to be tipped. He talked to us a lot. I mean, he was he was an older gentleman. And he talked to us about his only goal in life is to make the guests happy. And so you will remember him and enjoy your stay and come back there again. So I said, well, Ron, 
I've got a podcast and we'll be recording on Monday. And I am going to tell everybody who listens, Ron Sandifer at the Homewood Suites in Nashville near Vanderbilt. You need to go and check out that hotel if you're staying. It's really not that far from downtown. It's a lot cheaper if you're staying a little farther out versus bam, right there in the middle of downtown. But it was close to the football game. So that's why we chose to stay in this area. But you could stay probably at this hotel and take an Uber downtown for cheaper than staying in a downtown hotel. He just has a service-oriented heart. Yes. He wants you to be happy. And so, you know, we took our picture with him. We hugged him. We said we will never forget it. And it is true. So that is our good news story. I've never quite gotten customer service like that before. No. I've never heard of anybody getting customer service like that before. Yeah. So we had we had mimosas and we had wings. Oh, but you guys felt like queens that day. We did. And then our friends came back and also um, Melissa's husband, they were all wet. They were like, <laughs> well, we had the VIP experience. What, did you house. ever go to the game? No, because it never stopped raining. Oh, okay. So he just stayed in. Yeah. The whole time we were watching it and we would look outside and it was still raining and everyone looked so wet and sad. I mean, it was really raining. They were super wet, but Wake Forest won, which was very exciting. Something that listeners probably don't know that I probably never shared is I used to be a huge NASCAR junkie and I had season tickets to one of the racetracks in Virginia, Richmond and um, Kansas Speedway where I lived. And I went all over the country going to NASCAR races. Well, I went to Texas once to see a race and it was raining that day and I drove all the way to Texas to see a race and we watched the race from the hotel because it was cold and wet and raining off and on and it was just a miserable day. And I thought I was going to Texas in like April and it was going to be warm and it wasn't. It was miserably cold. So that was like my most expensive watch a race on TV trip ever. (laughs) Well, you know, and then people are like, y'all are fair weather friends or fans. I'm like, hmm, no, we're not. We were fans inside the hotel. (laughs) Fair weather fans are when you switch who you're rooting for based on events. We are not fair weather fans. We were super. And it was really sad for everybody who was coming through the lobby because, of course, it was right there at Vanderbilt. So all the people coming back to the hotel were all Vanderbilt people. And we're like, go Diggs! Oh, you guys won? Yes. Big time win by like 20 points. See, we always lost when we were in college. It's really exciting to have a good team. Anyway, it was such a great weekend. That's why I sound crazy and tired. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service, like Ron Sandifer from the Homewood Suites in Nashville near Vanderbilt. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast, and that is Beauty Counter. So I'm the kind of shopper that I always choose comfort, quality, and longevity over quantity and trendiness. This includes clothing, furniture, coats, shoes. I rarely buy new things because when I do buy them, I try to make sure they won't wear out quickly or go out of style next season and need to be updated. I buy my skin and body care with the same mindset. I don't mind paying for quality products because I may I know they make such a great difference in my skin. And let's face it, I've got this face for life. I want products that really deliver results, but also that don't contain ingredients that are harmful to my health. By shopping for my makeup and skincare needs with Beauty Counter, I get both. 
They support a healthy body and they have truly turned my skincare woes around in a relatively short time. I constantly get compliments on my skin and complexion. Just because I'm 49 creeping towards 50 doesn't mean that I want those 49 years showing up on my skin. I want a youthful glow for as long as possible. Call me vain. I want to look young as long as I can. I use the the anti-aging line and um, I have found that one set lasts about a year. So there's a small upfront investment, but then you don't need to buy anything else for an entire year. They have a great pay in four program where you can make four interest-free payments for your order. And to learn more about that, you can visit lifelessonscommunity.com slash beautycounter or beautycounter.com slash Sherry Bullock. And I'll have a link in show notes. So now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we're going to talk about the special people in our lives who have influenced us in some way. They might have helped shape us into the people we are today or inspired us to change paths, chart a new course. They may have pushed us to excel or believed in us when others didn't. We want to talk about these people today to honor them, and we want to leave listeners inspired to look for opportunities in their lives where they could influence others and make a difference in others' lives. So, Jen, is there a person that comes to mind from your past that was really influential or inspired you? You know, there's so many. I have like a bunch of them. So it's hard to pick one. Of course, you know, my grandmother, right? Everyone has a special relative probably. And it was my grandmother. And, you know, she always inspired me to to do my best and be my best. But I'm going to go back and say my high school English teacher. And she, her name was Ruth Boswell. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. What? One of my most influential people was a fifth grade teacher, and her name was Betty Boswell. Oh, that's funny. I was like, did someone else pick Ruth Boswell? No. Well, Ruth Boswell was her name. And, you know, looking back, I wish I knew how old she was because, you know, we're all in high school and she's probably wasn't a ton older than us. You know, she might have been like 30, right? I don't know, but so young, but she was great. I had her my senior year, I had her for AP English and also advanced composition. When I had my New York Times bestseller, I sent her a message and said, thank you for helping me, you know, to have my voice. And, you know, she taught us to find our voice when we're writing. And it just, I don't know, I just remember her as being just, you know, such a great teacher. And that was when I really knew I was a good writer, when I was in her classes. I wasn't the best student in that I didn't care about my grades. You know, I was I was always could just get like perfectly fine grades without even really trying, you know, I'm that kind of kid. And also this was in the 80s. I graduated in 86 and grades were not really the emphasis as they are now. Like I got into Wake Forest and my grades were not even all that great. A really high SAT score, but when I took the AP exam in English, I got a 5. And that's the highest score you can get. There are only two of us that got fives in our high school. And so one was me and one was this other guy. And we were not your typical people you would have expected to get the five. We were not the valedictorians. We were the little rebel kind of students. (laughs) So like the story I heard on the grapevine was the principal was mad. It was the two of us (laughs) that got the fives. (laughs) Because we were not your compliant. I mean, I wasn't bad, but, you know, that's all I'm going to say. I'm a little bit of a rebel. Well, I probably was too. I think I probably challenged my teachers and pushed them a little bit. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. They either loved me like I was their favorite kid ever, 
or they're like maybe a little tired of me. I don't know what. <laughs> I think my Miss Boswell, she really inspired me. Like I think she, like school just came easy to me. I was a kid that didn't have to study. I'd read the chapter before the test and then go ace the test. And I never understood why you had to answer all the silly questions at the end of the chapter. I was like, I just read it. This is like so dumb. Like, why do I have to write down what I just read? I was a kid. I was like, why can't I just take the test and skip the whole chapter? But like, I think she really like gave me a love for school and education. And she was the reason why I decided I had, I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to teach fifth grade because I loved fifth grade so much. And I ended up going a different, following a different path eventually. But yeah, I think everybody probably has that one teacher that really made a difference in their education. I was thinking, I think it always comes back to my grandpa was probably the person who really influenced and inspired me the most. He was a police officer, went on to be an undersheriff. And I remember as a kid, well, well, I remember once as a kid, my grandpa spanked me and I was terrified. He told me not to do something. I did it. And let me tell you, I never disobeyed my grandpa. (laughs) And probably we didn't want him to be disappointed in you. Probably not. I like idolized my grandpa. I loved, I loved going riding in his old Ford truck with him and riding on his tractor. And my grandpa was the kind of guy, he wasn't a man of a lot of words, but like what he said mattered. And so he was a police officer and he did it because like he truly wanted to make a difference in his community. He even had like rental houses that he would rent to convicts when they left jail so that they would have a place to go and try to turn their life around. So like that was just kind of the kind of person he was. And he would give you the shirt off his back. He would do anything for you, but he worked hard. He expected a lot from people, but like if you were honest and you, if you needed help, he would help you. It didn't matter what you did. He would help you. No judgment. I mean, now my grandpa ran the license plates on my friend's cars and... (laughs) would tell me, I don't want you hanging out with that person. I actually rented my first house from him when I was not even 18 years old. I was dating a boy at the time and he had come by and ran the plates on his car. And he said, I don't want that person in my house and you need to stop hanging out with them. Well, did you listen? Well, I was kind of mad. I was like, how dare you tell me? And then in hindsight, you know, as a mom now, and I'm like, he was just looking out for me and I should have listened. But um, yeah, he was always there for me, whatever. It didn't matter if you got in a bind, if you went to him and you said, hey, I'm in a bind. Can you help me out? He would help you out. He would do what he could for you. Well, he sounds like a great man. And his, tell us his name again. It was Bob, my grandpa, Bob, Bob Van Gotham. Well, Grandpa Bob, he sounds amazing. You hadn't told us his name already, so I don't <laughs> don't know why I said tell it again. I was like, she didn't even say it, but <laughs> Grandpa Bob died in um, July of 2011 uh, from Alzheimer's, and that just broke my heart. Oh yeah, my grandmother that I talked about as being very influential to me, she had Alzheimer's, and when they don't know you anymore, it's so hard. I remember going to visit her for at Christmas and taking her a bunch of presents. She said, how do you know my size? <laughs> like I was a stranger. <laughs> I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> for me, it was so hard watching this, you know, man who, you know, was such a bigger than life. Like my grandpa was John Wayne to me, you know, to 
be reduced to the man that he was when he passed away. That was hard to watch. It was for me as well, because my grandmother was, she went and got her hair done every week, twice a week, you know, the curlers, the beauty parlor, and she was an interior designer in her town and always looked just, you know, always cared about her appearance. It took pride in it, not in a way, you know, like an arrogant way, but she cared a lot and her house was beautiful. And maybe, you know, how I'm so neat and everything has to be. I think I got that from her and, you know, my decorating ability and all of that. I was either going to be a teacher or an interior designer because I loved watching her. I mean, I remember going with her. She was hanging curtains. She could do anything. And so it's really hard then when they can't. So I, I don't know. I almost feel like Alzheimer's is a gift sometimes for the people like her because she would have hated being old and infirm and she had incontinence. Not being end. able to do the things that no, she wanted. she would yeah. have absolutely, if she had been in her right mind, she would have hated it so much. Instead, you know, it, it's still heartbreaking. Well, I also have to just say my husband has inspired me. He is probably the only person in my adult life who just came in and loved me as I was. And just always encourages me and lets me be exactly who I am. And that's really special. Well, coming from my past, that's just like such a godsend to me. So, so Eric, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) So we asked the community to share their stories of people who were inspirational are influential in their lives, who really just changed their lives. And several people have wonderful stories that Sherry and I are going to share today. So Karen says, my grandma, she said, I'm the first in my family who went to college and I 100% credit it to her and a teeny bit my husband. My parents are now in recovery for drugs and alcohol, but not until I was 12 or 13. We spent some time homeless when I was in grade school. I started working at 12 to buy clothes for school and food. So by the time I graduated high school, I was burnt out and mentally unstable. My grandma made sure to remind me how smart and capable I am and that I can achieve anything. I took time off before college, but she never for a day let me feel like I wasn't capable or that I was destined to follow in my parents' footsteps. And, you know, I'm going to just jump right in there and say, that makes such a difference. You know, because if she hadn't had that message, if she instead had a grandma who was like, you're a loser too, you're going to be a loser. Instead, she had somebody there making her feel that she could do it. That's so important. So, And then Karen goes on to say, prior to meeting my husband, no one else ever seriously commented on my skills or smarts besides her. And I would have let that flame burn out too if it weren't for her love and encouragement. I did go on to graduate top of my class a member of a few national honors societies, and now have a successful career. I owe it all to her. We really do just need somebody to believe in us. That's it. That's it. Just one person to have faith in you and believe in you and to tell you that. Well, you know, it really is true. Science shows us that you know when we hear things like that, like when people believe in us, they it, it changes what we believe we can do. You know, that was my secret when I was a teacher. Every year I had the best class in the grade level. Did I really? No. (laughs) Sometimes I came in, there were a bunch of little weirdos. Sorry. But if you're listening, that wasn't your year. It was the other one, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> year before you, they were weird. You were great. But, you know, I spent the first beginning of the year making them believe they were the best class I ever had. And they really, really believed it. Like even when I wanted to dream and, you know, when testing rolled around, I made them, I'm like, y'all are going to do so great on these tests. I mean, and they did, they always did. And because I made them believe in themselves. Well, Pam said, my stepdad has had an incredible amount of influence in my life. My biological father died when I was six. I met my dad when I was eight or so. He was a young bearded hippie with a ponytail down his back, and I adored him at first sight. He is one of the most low-key people I've ever met. He is so calm. So as far as pushing to me to achieve, that was not his style at all. His influence was huge in that he really guided my mom into herself. My memories of her until then are of a 60s housewife, hair and curlers, somewhat buttoned up. As he became a bigger part of our lives, she grew her hair, began collecting rock albums, and fully embraced the fashion and vibes of the 70s. Several years later, we moved to the city where he had grown up, which was one of the most dramatic pivots on my path. This move completely and absolutely shaped the trajectory of my life so much for the better. If anything at all positive came from losing my biological father at such a young age, it's that my dad came into my life. We've had a very special relationship over these almost 50 years, even during the times my mom and I were not on the same page. He was a welcome buffer at times, and few people give better hugs. I no longer drink beer or eat at KFC, but if my dad asked me to join him with those things, I would do it in a hot minute. I am just so grateful for him, but even more, I just adore him. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful story, Pam. Hooray for dad. Deborah from Florida says, my dear sweet mother was the most influential person in my life. Her godly life was an example to me and to all of her children. She lived the example that when you give God first place in your life, all these things will be given to you. She lacked nothing because she had a shepherd And for her example, I will ever be grateful. Her life verse was Proverbs 15.1, kind words turn away wrath. She was always kind and she always forgave. We were blessed to have such a godly mother. She left this earth and passed on to her heavenly home on July 21st, 2021 at the ripe old age of 100 years, six months, and one day. We miss her, but know we will see her again. Wow. A hundred years and six months. And one day. That's amazing. That is amazing. She was living right. Yeah. I love when someone says the most influential person was one of their parents. You know, because not everybody could say that about their parents. I love my parents, but (laughs) bless my mom's heart. I learned a lot of things how not to do that. (laughs) I love her, but it's like, okay, mental note, don't do that. (laughs) She was a his 70s hippie. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, I think with parents and kids, like sometimes one of two, well, sometimes you just have dysfunctional relationships and dysfunctional parents. But then I think sometimes, sometimes the parent and the kid are so much alike that it causes them to like have friction butt heads, you know, like I see that in some parent child relationships. They're so alike that if you have a really stubborn mom and you have a really stubborn daughter. Well, that's not what it was. It wasn't that. That wasn't our problem. See eye to eye. 
Let's just say I I grew up, I kind of raised myself. It was like, be free child. Well, that's why you're such an independent, I guess, strong-minded person now. Be free. Just come back home. I'm like, well, okay, I'm five. (laughs) (laughs) I will. (laughs) Well, that's the way my husband was raised. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That turned out all right. I didn't have a curfew in high school. Let's just say that. No curfew at all. (laughs) (laughs) True story. I moved out at 17 because I had a curfew. Oh, that's funny. I like to be free. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I might have thrived with your mom as a mother. I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) Allie from California, she shares, my parents have been the biggest influence over my life. My mom was an elementary teacher for 33 years, and my dad was a landscape contractor. Together, they raised four daughters. At times, finances were an extreme challenge, but my dad didn't believe in a no-win situation. He was the eternal optimist, always able to find a solution to every obstacle and challenge life presented. He was also extremely talented as a designer. His landscapes often included waterfalls and large ponds, as well as pools. I benefited from his belief in me. I'm also an artist and have been able to undertake multiple large-scale projects and murals that include the operation of hydraulic lifts and large scaffolding. As much as I loved my dad, at times he let us down. It is my mother, the educator, who was the stable influence for our family. She returned to work when my dad's finances were in trouble. She navigated the raising of four girls while my dad was away much of the time. I often say that my mom was our foundation while our dad gave us wings. I wouldn't be who I am today without their dual influence. I love that. That's such a good way of looking at it, you know, because, you know, as I was just joking about how I raised myself, it taught me a lot of good things. You know, I'm not like mad at my mom about any of that. It was what it was. And and she was doing her best too, right? When you look back on your parents, you're like, yeah, they didn't know what they were doing either. Neither do I as a parent. We're all just doing our best. None of us know what we're doing. We just go through life. Every day is a new experiment in life, you know? Some days we get it right. Some days we get it wrong. All right. Mel Bartashis, is that how you would say that? That's how I would say it. Mel Bartashis says... My person is Erica Meltelsky. I'm hoping that's right too. She said, I met Erica six years ago when I took my first pound fitness class. She was the instructor with this beautiful, positive energy who changed my life tremendously. She had confidence in me when I didn't have confidence in myself. She pushed me to accomplish amazing things. Soon, I also became pound pro and began teaching children and seniors and spiritual workshops. I learned yoga and beauty yoga and helped Erica build her studio. I fell in love with fitness and movement. Though I have always been a positive person, Erica helped me through my fears to become a teacher for all the things I have a passion for. She's more than a friend. She's a sister. I love that. Me too. So Marty S., she shared, hands down, it is my mother-in-law. And I love this because I don't feel like we hear about mother-in-laws in a positive note a lot of times. It's, it's like a stereotype that everyone's supposed to complain about their mother-in-law. No, I love my mother-in-law. She said, my husband and I were high school sweethearts and I'm 54 now. So I've known her for almost 40 years. She has changed the course of my life in so many ways, but mostly by teaching me exactly. Oh, oh, no, this is this. Okay, this is taking a different turn. I just read ahead. 
Okay. She, I did not read ahead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. This is a negative positive. Is that what you call this? Yes. The question was who influenced you? So I actually love this. Keep going. <laughs> okay. So she has changed the course of my life in so many ways, but mostly by teaching me exactly how I don't want to ever treat my boys or their partners. I'm not joking about this. If I'm ever conflicted about how to proceed as a parent, I just ask myself what she would most likely do. And then I do the exact opposite. There is a lot to be gained from passive learning like this. I'm sure I'm a better parent because of her parenting style. A hundred percent. See that, I, I love that story because you didn't say who's been the most positive, inspiring person it's, uh, who changed your life. She changed her life, right, by by showing her what not to do. Well, I can say that about my mom, too. I love her, but I was like, I don't want to do that. going to make a different choice. I mean, I could say that about my mom as well. She's a very safe person. She's not, she's not adventurous. She's, I'm an adrenaline junkie. She is not. She's not going to try new things. She's not. And I always like would watch her growing up and I'm like, why doesn't she make new friends? Why doesn't she try something new? Why doesn't she get a job? Why doesn't, and then like my whole life was like, okay, I'm not going to play it safe like my mom. So I went 180 degrees the other way. Well, I think that happens a lot between parents and their children. And then you can look like, it's, it's why like things skip a generation, you know? Because I said my grandmother really influenced me. She had everything was tidy. Everything was in its place. She wore a bra. <laughs> the opposite of my mother. <laughs> of your mom. <laughs> she did not wear a bra. Okay, when you're like a, a 12-year-old girl and your mother is not wearing a bra and it's like the early 80s, you're like, oh my God. You're mortified. Yes. <laughs> you don't want your mom to be the hippie mom by that point. You want your mom to be like the PTA mom. The normal mom. <laughs> you're like, just be normal mom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and as a kid, I was like, I kind of resented my mom because she was so like boring. But like now as an adult, especially dealing with my husband's anxiety and stuff, looking back, my mom grew up in a very tumultuous household. And I think stability and boring, she needed that. That's it. You react to what you had and you're like, I'm going to do the opposite of that. That's kind of like, you know, I was more like my grandmother than like my mother. So now I can kind of thank her because like I had a stable home life, which allowed me to spread my wings and explore and do things that she couldn't have done. So that's a great way of putting it. All right. So Lynn Houston says, without a doubt, other than my parents, the most influential person in my life was my high school cross-country coach, Mr. Smith. In the 1980s, it wasn't a warm and cuddly kind of motivation, but rather the tough love, quit your bitching and just do it kind. <laughs> Running cross-country was the hardest thing I'd ever done up to that point in my life. And since then, Anytime something seemed too hard, I remind myself that if I could do that, I can do anything. I wish I had told him while he was living. Rest easy, coach. That person that pushes you to do something outside of your comfort zone. Amy Jo 
Hey, Amy Jo. She says, I could write a book about her, but my high school English teacher, cheer coach, and student council sponsor, Sharon Hathcock, is the reason I am who I am today. Without her encouragement and guidance, I would definitely not be a teacher myself, and I may have made some bad teenage decisions that could have cost me dearly. I can recall many instances of her pulling me to the side because she knew I was hanging with the wrong crowd or because she had heard I said something I shouldn't have that would reflect poorly on my character. She had high expectations of me and loved, still loves me, like her own daughter. On holidays, she made special biscuits, heart-shaped red ones on Valentine's Day and green ones for St. Patty's Day, and she always brought me one because she knew I loved them. When I didn't make the cut for the school beauty review my senior year, she was waiting on me to see that my name wasn't posted on the list. She had her arms wide open because she knew I would be devastated. When she dies, a piece of me will die with her. She's a fiery redhead and was a football coach's wife, and my life followed just about the same path. She lost her youngest daughter to breast cancer in April. She was only 43 years old. Mrs. H. never left her side unless it was to run her children to school or extracurriculars. The loss of her daughter has nearly killed her, and it hurts me to see her declining. I am the Amy Jo that I am because of her. I have two wonderful parents who are just like her, but God knew I needed two mamas in my life. Oh, I love that. She sounds like a very special lady. And we know how awesome Amy Jo is because she's in the Life Lessons community and the Delight Don't Deny community. I met her in person in Arkansas, and she's just just as beautiful a person as she is online. One day I'm going to meet her. We only live about four hours apart. You got to do it. Got to meet her. All right. Robin Villa from Kansas, or would you say Via, like Bob Via? Either way, maybe. Well, it's either Robin Villa or Robin Via from Kansas. She said, my grandfather was one of the most influential people in my life. He was loving, caring, hardworking, and tenderhearted. Growing up in rural Oklahoma, we lived near many farms. The farms at the end of our road grew blackberries. The picking season lasted about eight weeks in July and August, the hottest months of summer. So picking started at the crack of dawn and would end just before noon. Each summer, when most kids would be sleeping late, my grandfather would arrive in his pickup truck at dawn, and we would start our morning at the blackberry farm. We were too young to have real jobs, but we could earn spending money by picking blackberries and selling our overflowing flats back to the farm. My grandfather could pick much faster than both of us girls combined. Once we had a full flat, he would tell us to take it to the office shed, sell the flat, and split the money. My grandfather never kept any of the money for himself. Each summer, he took his blackberry picking until all the berries had been harvested. I will never forget those early mornings in the fields picking blackberries. I believe he wanted to teach us the value of hard work, but he also wanted to spend time with us. He showed us his love by giving us all his blackberry money, but more importantly, he gave us the gift of learning the value of money and his presence in our lives. I love that. I do too. Have you ever picked blackberries? Yeah. We had wild blackberries growing in Virginia where I live. They have thorns. (laughs) Blackberry picking is not for the weak. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) We had them wild in my backyard when I was a kid. Also, snakes like to live in them. Ugh. You got to be careful. I mean, everything about those blackberries is like, be careful. And no wonder they cost so much at the store. People are risking their life to pick them. And like blackberry preserves, but when they are seedless, I'm like, what's this weirdness? I like the seeds. I do. I like the seeds. 
I see you would probably like it seedless. Am I right from that? I'm going to say, I don't know if I've ever really had blackberry reserves. Oh my God, they're so good. But I hate seedless. The only time I've ever had them when I didn't eat it was when I went to Cracker Barrel and I asked for blueberry preserves and they brought me blackberry preserves. And I tried to give it back and I said... I'd asked for blueberry preserves. Do you not have any? And she said, when you put that on your biscuit, it will turn blue. They're not at all the same. <laughs> all I know about Cracker Barrel is nobody wanted the grape. Just take the grape back to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoritis says, I have to say my most influential person was my mother. She had an amazing work ethic and was a strong woman that thank- thankfully I have inherited. She was a working mom and accountant for all my life. She came to this country in 1968, learned English, and then in time went to school to learn accounting. It was not until after her passing that I went through her boxes and found that she had been working during the day, school at night, and doing homework in between. I knew she was a hard worker, but never realized how much. All I saw growing up was her being a loving and supportive mother. I don't remember her missing a day at work. I have memories of her practicing 10 key when I was practicing on a typewriter back in the day. She was a very involved grandma. She was loved by all she worked with and a mentor to many. She was still working at 69 up to her diagnosis and passing. She gave me strength and taught me to be a loving, strong, independent woman. I have been married for 30 years with four kids. I hope I have passed that love and strength work and work ethic to my daughter and sons. And when the time comes, I hope I'm a grandma like her. Oh, I love that. You know, we don't often know sometimes what people are doing. Like you don't recognize how much your parents are doing for you. And then you look back and and you see it. So that's really nice. Or then you become a parent and you realize how much work it takes to hold it all together. All right, Roxy. Hi, Roxy. Roxy says, I have to say that the most influential person in my life is my mom. We have always had a complicated relationship, but she is really a special person. She has been a single parent our whole lives, but never used that as an excuse. She worked hard and taught us that nothing in this world is given to us. She also taught us that getting an education was very important. I know that in other areas of the country that is a given, but it really isn't in our area. My grandparents and their four children worked in the fields as migrant workers until they graduated from high school. My mom never wanted that for us, so she became an LVN and then eventually an RN. She really pushed us to do the same. We were expected to go to college even after I became a teenage mom. She was the driving force behind my college degrees and my sister's eventual doctorate degree. She encouraged us to find our calling in life. She taught us to serve our community in order to encourage others to become their very best as well. I'm a healthcare professional like she is, and my sister is an at-risk counselor. We serve our beloved communities just like my mom did. I would never change one thing in my life, and I honestly couldn't have gotten a better mom. She taught us that life is always going to be tough, but that we would be able to handle anything. I love that. I do too. So Carrie June said, thank you for the opportunity to share with the world my most influential person, the one, the only, Debbie. Debbie is a member of our community. And Debbie, I'm sorry if I say your last name wrong. Bugizia, better to me, known to me as Aunt Debbie. 
For my entire life, she has been there helping me grow and develop into the woman I am today. I can't even begin to list the countless times over my 52 years that she has helped me in every aspect of my life. She is one of the most kind, loving, generous, hardworking, funny, sassy, but classy women I've ever known. Through her example, I have learned how to work hard to get to your workplace goals. She continues to grow her work knowledge and go after new work opportunities when most people her age will be comfortable to just stay put until they retire. You could not ask for a better person to love you because she loves deeply and fiercely, which if you know her is just code for don't even think about messing with those she loves most. For all of these things and the many more I could list, I feel incredibly blessed to not only call this woman my aunt, but to also call her my best friend as well. I love that. Have you seen that meme? It's something like, my mom knows what you did and she doesn't like you. We could make one of those for Aunt Debbie. (laughs) Aunt Debbie knows what you did and she doesn't like you. So thank you to everybody who sent in contributions this week to um, really commemorate all the special people in our lives. And if you can, consider sharing this episode with the person you shared about today. Not you, Marty. Don't share that one. We liked it. Don't tell Sharon with her. No, kidding. You can if you want. No, I wouldn't. Anyway, I think these people deserve to hear how special they are to you. If you didn't share, but that episode made you think of that special someone in your life who really made a difference, consider reaching out to them and and thanking them and telling them why they made such a difference. Let them know, you know, what about their words, their actions, their get their gestures, their guidance, what that meant to you and and why. You know, I'll just tell you as a teacher, whenever I heard from students it really made such a difference. Like a kid that I had taught in third grade, and then he was in college and he reached out and found me. And it was just that, you know, for, to go back that far, it means, you know, they're really having to look for you. So especially if you've moved. I've had coworkers from my past reach out to me who either they did clinicals under me and I helped, you know, train them or I was just the first person they worked with when they got out of school and they were still fresh and babies. And they've reached out to me and told me, you know, what a difference I made in their in their life and their career and thanked me for my guidance and, you know, everything I taught them. And that just always feels so good to hear because you go through your life and you just are, you know, connecting the dots, doing what needs to be done, filling in the blanks. And like, you don't always know that you touched somebody or made a difference. So it is nice to hear that. It really, really is. And you know, what one common thread that I just kept hearing through all these stories is that the the special person made you believe in yourself. They held you to high expectations. I heard that a lot too. They had high expectations of you, but led you to believe you could achieve. Well, and when others expect a lot of you, then you have to expect more of yourself. If you want, I mean, if these people mean something to you and you want to, you know, make them proud of you or whatever, you have to elevate, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. Like the worst thing my dad ever said to me is, we don't do that in this house. I came home really late and I should have said, well, in my other house, we don't have a curfew. (laughs) Literally. Sorry, <laughs> but I will never forget when my dad said that. I was like, oh my God, we don't do that in this house. I probably would have gotten big trouble because I would have been like, well, I don't really live here. So I was already had graduated from college at this point too. <laughs> and, yeah, anyway, it was funny. 
came home real late. I was with Chad though. Isn't that funny? All right. Well, now I really enjoyed that this episode. I hope the listeners do as well. Before we get to the listener-led lesson this week, I want to take a minute to invite you to the Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. You can interact with us in a private online community. You can also connect with other listeners and community members. Sherry hosts monthly Zoom hangouts where uh, members can connect and talk. So join us in the community by going to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. Choose your monthly membership contribution of $4.99 or $9.99. Choose the option that feels like the right value to you. You don't get anything more for your $9.99. You just help us double. So (laughs) we really appreciate that. If you really get value from the podcast each week, we love your support. So it really helps us bring you the podcast. So now it's time for our listener-led lesson. And today's listener-led lesson comes from a podcast listener. It says, I have a couple of tips for packing. I highly recommend packing cubes when you travel. I don't know why they're called cubes, but they're smaller zippered pouches that you fill and put in your suitcase. I put my underwear and socks in one and my sandals in another. This keeps things together and clean. I also got a great packing tip from a travel website. Don't remember which one. When you know what you want to bring, take the largest item and lay it flat on the bed with the top of the item pointing at nine o'clock. Take the next item and lay it flat on top with the top pointing at three o'clock. The next item points to six o'clock and the next nine o'clock. Keep adding each piece, flattening and following the Oh, she meant to say 12 at the first one. When She said nine, but she meant 12. 12, then three, then six, then nine. 12, three, six, nine. So keep adding each piece flattened and following the 12, three, six, nine o'clock pattern. When you're done, fold the edges into a rectangle the size of your suitcase. I did this for a week-long trip, and I was able to fit all my clothes, plus my zippered pouch of underwear and socks, and my sandals in one half of my carry-on bag. We had decided not to check any bags due to the luggage problems we have heard about. I had room for a neck pillow for my flight, my toiletries, and room for souvenirs in the other half of my carry-on. And podcast listener, that's the only way this person identified herself or himself. That's impressive because I just went to Nashville for three days and I took a giant suitcase and I had like so many clothes in it. I roomed with my friend Sheila and she was making fun of me when I was unpacking. I, you know, I go to Birmingham for the weekend and sometimes I stay one night, sometimes I stay two. I take a giant, a huge duffel bag that's stuffed full. Sometimes I can't zip it. I mean, like, I don't even know why I think I need to carry so much with me. Well, I had boots, cowboy boots, and then I had like, what if it's raining? I need these shoes for the band, these shoes for this and this. Do I want to wear jeans? Do I want to wear a dress? I don't know. Is it going to be cold? I might need this. I didn't know. So, <laughs> and then I like was getting ready to leave that day and finishing up. And I'm like, I don't even know what I already packed. So I threw like five more shirts in there. When I never know if it's going to be cold at work or hot at work because it's a hospital, you know. So <laughs> I sometimes I have short sleeves and then I go ahead and bring a sweatshirt because what if it's cool? And then I can go out to my truck and get my sweatshirt. And so, yeah, I pack. I pay way too much. And I felt like a superstar because when I was at the airport and they were like, everyone on this flight, you, we have too many people who are carry on and not enough checked. Please bring us your bags and we will check it for you for free. (laughs) And I'm like, I have a check. Who did you fly? I flew Southwest. Oh, okay. I had never flown Southwest before. It was different. 
you know, you don't get assigned seats. I didn't know what to do. I, but I paid more to upgrade to be like business, whatever. So my my number was, I was A3. You're one of those people. Well, yes, I'm sorry. Because last time I flew, I was B59 and I could check in at like 11 a.m. And I checked in at 11 a.m. and I got B59. And I was like, how did I get B59 when I checked in at exactly the right time? Well, I was A3, but I didn't know what to do. So they said, I didn't even know that every person got a unique number. I just thought it was like, I don't know. Anyway, so they said line up and one through five go right here. So I'm standing there at the because I was the first one there. So I just stood at the front. And this lady came over and she said, are you A1? And I'm like, no, I'm A3. She's like, well, I'm A1. So I get to get in front of you. And I'm like, why did you ask me if I was A1 if you knew you were A1? You should have just said, hi, I'm A1. Get behind me, A3. But then I learned it. I never will make that mistake again. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Well, at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And uh, today's quote comes from Teresa. The quote is, there is no past that we can bring back with longing. There's only the present that builds and creates itself as the past withdraws. This quote was said by the Judy Dench character, Evelyn, in the movie, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. She and most of the other characters did not remain stuck longing for the past, but instead built a new life in the present. And then she says, I love anything by Judy Dench. I am not familiar with that movie. I watched that movie long time ago when it came out. Is it an old movie? Well, it's not like old. Yes. I mean, in the point, the fact that we're old. So it's not like high school. I think it's from the 90s. Oh, okay. Like I was thinking maybe it was like a black and white movie or something. Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch anything from like 98 through unless it was like a kid's movie. I don't remember when that one came out. I'm feeling like it might have been. I don't even know who Judy Dench is. I mean, I can picture her. Okay. I'm going to have to look this up. I don't ever know actors or actresses or anything. Like you, if you're playing like, if it's like Hollywood trivia, you do not want me on your team. Nope. <laughs> well, that is a great quote though. It was a good quote. There is no past that we can bring back with longing. Yeah, only the present. Actually, there is literally only the present. All right. So listeners, thank you for joining us today. Um, Don't forget to join us in the Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. And your support ensures we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if your podcast platform supports reviews, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We would love it. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. And then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.